The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. In the name of Jesus, amen. After years and years of training and effort, the athlete reaches the end of their career and hears those sweet words, welcome to the Hall of Fame. It's over. The struggle's over. The hard work has paid off. And now for generations to come, they will be remembered as those who overcame the obstacles, as those who won the victory. Who they are and what they have done will be placed in long hallways with lit-up pictures and artifacts showing their triumph, showing just why they are in the Hall of Fame. Today, in God's Word, the writer to the Hebrews welcomes you to a different Hall of Fame to the Faith Hall of Fame. This hall is long. Portraits line both sides of the wall as far as the eye can see. In every single portrait, you see a person wearing a white robe and a crown. And the portrait is held up by a beautifully ornate golden frame. As you walk down this long hallway, you see some of the names and faces that you were expecting to see. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, King David. These were God's champions. These were the ones who stayed true to the Lord to the end, who fought battles with God's banners flying high, who administered justice, ruled the kingdom, and led the people through the wilderness. But as you walk a little bit further down the hall, you see less familiar and more surprising names. Names like Rahab and Samson. Rahab? She was a prostitute. And Samson? Sure, God gave him great strength, but he nevertheless had a great love for anything and everything ungodly. What are they doing in the Faith Hall of Fame? And why are they receiving the same treatment as the champions? They're the exact same. They wear the robes. They have the crowns. The same frame holds both Abraham and Rahab. The same light lights up both David and Samson. And as you look around, you realize you're not only surrounded by the names of renown, the famous names, but you're surrounded by names and faces of millions and millions of long-forgotten men, women, and children from every nation, every tribe, and every language that you can imagine. And they, too, wear white robes. They, too, wear crowns. Their smiling faces look back at you. Smiles that you can't imagine get any bigger. And then you see it on the top of a frame. Two words. By faith. You look at the frames around them and sure enough, those same two words on the top of every frame. By faith. 
You run back to the beginning, back to Adam and Eve, the people through whom sin entered the world, and their smiling faces greet you as you see the same two words, by faith, every single frame in this hallway, every single person is here by faith. It's not until you run into a few more familiar names, names like John the Baptist, Mary and Joseph, Peter, James, and John, that you see a different portrait, one that is incredibly and much bigger than all the rest of them. This, too, has a big golden frame, but it has three panels in it. The first is a man suffering and dying on a cross. The second is a tomb, but it seems to be empty. The stone has been rolled away from the center. And the third, that same man who was suffering and dying on that cross, now coming down from heaven with the same nail marks in his hands and in his feet, the same wound in his side, followed by millions and millions of angels being greeted by millions and millions of those same smiling, crowned, robed faces. That was what Jesus came to do. Up until this point, all the eyes in the hall had looked down the hall toward this picture, but now as you look down the hall a little bit further, you see that all the eyes look back. All eyes are fixed on this one point, because on the top of this frame, it doesn't say by faith. Instead, it says, Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. It's the center. You get the feeling that it's the reason for the crowns, the robes, the smiles, for everything. As you walk a little bit further down the hall, the names change, the faces change, the styles change, the appearances change, but the frames all stay the same. By faith. You've gone so far now that you think you can see the end of the hall. You think you can see where it stops. But as you look around, you realize that the people in the frames look different. They no longer have the white robes and the crowns. No, their clothes are dirty by comparison. And the crowns that they had before are now exchanged for crosses that they carry. They smile, but not as brightly. They look determined, and yet tired and worn out. And then you see it. In the midst of all of these frames, near the end of the hall, yours, your face, your name, as clear as day, in the Faith Hall of Fame. Don't say it. Please don't say it. Don't say you don't belong here. Don't see, say you didn't expect to see yourself here like you expected to see God's champions of old. They didn't get into the Faith Hall of Fame because of what they conquered. No, they weren't somehow better people or had anything to give to God. 
They weren't in the Faith Hall of Fame because they routed foreign armies or shut the mouths of lions or escaped the sword. No, they carried sin in themselves just like you and I do right now. No, Abraham's eyes, David's eyes, Peter's eyes, and your eyes are all fixed on that middle picture. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. That was their hope. That's our hope, too. So these millions and millions of people who wear the crowns and the white robes, who are they? Where do they come from? These are they who have come out of the great tribulation, who have taken their robes and washed them white in the blood of the Lamb. These are they who have left sin far behind them, whom death can no longer touch, to whom the devil will forever be an afterthought. These are they who have died believing in their Lord Jesus Christ. These are the saints triumphant. But we are the saints militant. We are still in the great tribulation. And the hardest part of it all is living with yourself. Having to wake up every morning and look into the mirror and say, the good I want to do, I do not do. But the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing and I can't stop. We don't have the robes. We don't have the crowns. We're not without sin. Yet. The robes, the crowns, the sinlessness, that is your future. You are God's saints because of your Savior, Jesus. But there's a reason why it's called the Great Tribulation, the Great Struggle. Many of those faces, many of those men, women, and children that we passed in the hall on our way down the Faith Hall of Fame, they suffered much on their way home to heaven. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. They carried crosses for following Jesus. They didn't always have those white robes. They didn't always have the crowns. And it might be tempting to look at them and put them on a pedestal as if somehow they are better Christians because of what they suffered, because they were God's martyrs. But just as God's champions didn't make their way into the Faith Hall of Fame based on what they conquered, God's martyrs didn't make their way into the Faith Hall of Fame by what they suffered. No, their frames are all the same, theirs and ours, by faith. And you carry crosses too. 
what would the writer to the Hebrews have said about you? Even though they lived in a society that had no time for what God had to say, they nevertheless gave up time on Sunday out of their busy schedule and came to church to be fed by God's word. And even though they lived in a culture that lived and breathed materialism, straping for every last penny, they were nevertheless generous with their time and their talents and their gifts, supporting the work of the church and the proclamation of the gospel because they cared more about the salvation and the needs of others than their own needs. In a world where the predominant moral voice was follow your heart, they nevertheless looked at what their sinful heart had to say and said, no, I'd rather follow my Savior Jesus. Some of them were avoided, others left out. Still others were the butt of every joke. They had the experts mocking them, the unbelievers ridiculing them, and their faith attacked on every side. They live in the world, but not of the world. (laughs) These men, women, and children of faith who do these things admit that they are foreigners and strangers on earth. If they had longed for the things they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return to them. But these men, women, and children of faith instead look for a better country, look forward to the things God has promised them. Today we celebrate All Saints Day, where we take some time to remember the saints triumphant, those believers who have gone before us, who are now have passed away, are now with the Lord, who, as Paul says, finished the race kept the faith, fought the good fight. But we not only remember the saints triumphant today, but also the saints militant, those who keep up the fight, who continue to run the race, who still keep the faith. So celebrate, saints. This day is for you. Stand up tall, lift your head high, for your redemption is drawing near. You walk by faith, you have been made perfect in the blood of Jesus, and there now waits for you a better country, a heavenly one. God is not ashamed to be called your God, for he has prepared a city for you. Amen.